and worship you. We love you, Lord. Love you because you first loved us. Love you and we thank you for giving us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We bless you. We honor you. We lift you up. We lift you up above all things. And we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to bless and praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So yesterday we began talking about when warrior is your identity. And some of the characteristics when you identify as a warrior. This is not a label that you put on yourself. And it's not a label that anybody else places on you. This is a calling it's an identification it's uh, um, the way that we identify is through uh, faith we have to see ourselves truly uh, in in the mirror of whatever it is we were focusing for our identity as you know for example when you are a child growing up you identify with one or the other parent whether you believe it or not whether you like it or not uh, we are made in God's image uh, and we are reflections of one another in some way or another you reflect off of what you see you reflect off of people you admire you reflect off of people that you're around you're re- reflect off of people who have uh, influence on your life Uh, when people are able to speak into your life they influence you and you begin to identify with them in some way it's not that you're trying to be them or be like them but we pick up ideas we pick up understanding we pick up uh, uh, um, kinship familiarity uh, through mostly through human contact we are very very powerful in influencing one another uh, because man is made to reflect off those who are like him you saw in the beginning where Adam didn't have couldn't find an animal there he could relate to and so God created woman uh, in his image to reflect off of and in you whether you like it or not you accept it or not you believe it or not you are influenced greatly by other human beings this is why the word of God is so powerful to help us because it is the human story it is the story of God and man and it is the story of how human beings uh, uh, related to God how they related to the world that they were born into it's a, a story of the human condition and so as we read that well, like it or not you begin to identify with those individuals you may feel now your soul will do one or two things your soul will embrace it and allow you to be helped or your soul will look at it and try and negate it but you're still influenced by it for instance you look at at Moses and you think man I couldn't do that well you could do parts of it you probably kill somebody and bury him in this no you know what I'm saying we kind of pick and choose how we feel kinship to that person I couldn't do that oh that's Moses you know that's this but then you go back and you think to yourself if you ever get in a situation where you might need some Moses in you you go back there and you look at it again because here is somehow you found a kinship with this person and you begin to reflect off of them and you begin to identify with them there are times when we feel oppressed of the enemy and we'll go to those places where people got victory and and so this is how you feed the warrior that's on the inside of you you rehearse stories of victory you rehearse stories of victory where you get in there and do something not where you just sit and waiting on God all the time many times we we get that in us we want to think we're waiting on God oh we do everything right I'm just going to sit pretty here and it's up to God to do then that's the impression when whenever I hear people say waiting I think come on now worship God while you're waiting go with a soul while you're waiting there's activity there's something you know we have many identities in the word of God but you're not just sitting pretty waiting for God to move like he's working for you or something and so the more you understand who you are 
the more you identify uh, these different facets of Christ's character. And he was a warrior. He was a confronter. He wasn't somebody who went and looked for trouble. But when trouble faced him it didn't ever. He didn't ever back down to it. And so these are the nuances that you, you'll find. This is a, The warrior is really I think the, the least desirable of identities that people have throughout the ages now if we were if we were during the times of like in the 13th and 14th century where where people would hire bands of men to go out and kill and so forth it would be different but you know we're peace loving people we're diplomats we know how to talk our way in and out of everything we don't like that and so that identity is one that's challenged a lot by just our normal spiritual atmosphere so it's going to be hard to hold on to it it's going to be hard to not let it get subverted into something that's a little more diplomatic, a little more um, uh, less challenging, less confrontational, less. I'll give you two good examples. Look at Franklin Graham versus uh, Joel Osteen. You got me? There's a difference right there. There's one identifies totally as a warrior. I mean, and look at his work. See, he's confronted with evil sickness, just the nature of Franklin Graham's work, builds that warrior identity to a place where he's confident. His dad was confrontational too, but he did it in a way where he won souls and you didn't see it so much. We're in a different age now where atmospheres challenge you. Atmospheres challenge God. Atmospheres challenge people for their very lives. And so somebody who's had to pick that up continually has a greater identity as a warrior. You understand what I'm saying? Joel just wants you to be happy until Jesus comes, more or less. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, there's a place where we kind of identify that peace and contentment, but that's not in, in major play all the time for believers. You know, I wouldn't doubt that there are people right in his audience who are facing kids who are drug addicted that they are scared to go to church on Sunday because the whole house might be ransacked and everything taken out by the time they get back you see and so that warrior has to come up in us to confront those things because that's not God's will for us it's not God's will that your children turn into your enemy and, and threaten your very security and very existence. There's something you can do about it. And so the person that, that can help you with that is the one who has that warrior identity. Because they'll tell you, yeah, no, well, you're, no that's not God's will. You don't have to bow down to that. We're not going to uh, you know, do anything aggressive in the flesh, but we will pray. And we will do the next step. Whatever God says next, we'll do that too. And, and so forth and so on. And so that confrontational thing in the face of threats, in the face of the enemy, is something that is very, very uh, uh, um, characteristic of that warrior identity. When, when something happens like that, there's something that goes off on the inside of a warrior that won't let them rest until that thing is put right back into its place again. So their idea of, of uh, coming to peace is totally different than the person, say, who feels himself a diplomat or feels himself a you know, person who wants to go about it in a more pleasant, happy way, whatever, whatever. Uh, the warrior has to be there. You know that. Uh, we wouldn't be safe in our cities if we didn't have policemen. If we didn't have firemen, if we didn't have a military, if we didn't have a coast guard, if we didn't have a, a you know a national guard, we need all of those branches just for people to feel secure in a nation. And so, uh, and you need to know that people don't like that warrior spirit; they hate it. Normal people don't like it. Human flesh doesn't like it. Your own flesh may fight you for it on it sometimes, but you've got to let that thing rise up in you because that's part of God's. God's character that works through his people. So we did talk about some some examples of, of what the warrior spirit when he when that's her identity what happens inside of you we talked about the size of the enemy we said the size of the enemy doesn't matter we said the threats of the enemy don't matter when your identity is a warrior <clears throat> we talked about how the warriors the the identity your identity causes you to submit to those in authority because you know authority is power 
You know submitting to authority is your link to power. Because authority, power goes through different levels. It's it's a um, delegated uh, power authority is. And so when you talk about delegation, your power and your authority in your life must come from somewhere. You want it to come from legitimate means. Uh, you know, we've been studying about a year, almost a year now, about uh, in the empowerment meeting about illegitimate authority. So you don't want that. Uh, witch doctor is, is totally about illegitimate authority. And there is that for people. If, they, if that's what they want, they can seek that. But you want a legitimate authority that comes from God. That's where you get the miracles. That's where you get the life changes. That's where you get the results that God wants you. That's where you get the salvation, the healing, deliverance, all those things that Jesus uh, shed his blood to provide for humanity. We get through legitimate authority. So we talked about David and he's our example that we're studying uh, today. And we talked about also uh, number four on that list would be that you will know your place, your ability, and you will not break rank. You will know your place, your ability, and you will not break rank. Soldiers who have submitted to the authority over them have even lost their lives because of a decision that was made that didn't work out the way they all wanted it to work out. But they did not break rank and they stayed under authority. It's very important so that uh, order, discipline, and the plan will, will come to pass. And that's what we're working in. In the earth we're working in God's plan. And his plan will come to pass in your life. If you will war to stay in your rank. And you will war to stay in your place. And and work in your ability. Warriors know these things. They know where their place is. They seek God to find out where their place is. I was talking to a young man yesterday. I was in the gatehouse at the hotel. I was trying out the new new oven. <laughs> so I hijacked the oven finally. Yeah. So anyway. But uh, he was asking me. Fishing. You know. Pe- people. You know. Little goofy Christians like to prophesy to you. So they'll fish and start asking you questions. You know. Uh, how's your church going? <sighs> You're not worried about it. Honey. I don't worry. You worried. You worried about what I'm thinking. You know. <laughs> I wasn't mean to him. So he, he wanted to try it to prophesize. So I was wound up ministering to him and, you know, talking to him. See, he's breaking rank and doesn't know it. He's breaking rank. That's why he doesn't have. It's like this. Why would you ask me about my church if you've never pastored one? You understand what I'm saying? You have no clue what you're saying. You, you, you prophesy according to proportion of your faith. Your faith comes from your knowledge of things. And so, you know, it's it's foolish to try and set somebody uh, at ease and peace about something you don't have any knowledge and understanding of. Come on now. You know, you, you can't even fix your mouth to say a lot of this stuff. You know, people, uh, you know, you get somebody prophesying has got a string of five divorces and they want to tell you about marriage you know come on now just stay in your lane you know that's not your lane over there you know your lane is a place where you you have some testimony of success with God you know stay in that lane that's your comfort zone that's where your faith is that's where your proven faith is and so you you can't step out of that you know you, you why would you even want to try and so there's a vainglory work in there you know there's a little pride there he's studied a few scriptures and I was telling them I said you know what I said it would be good to win souls based on your testimony I said that's that's where your strength is I said I'm sure you have a strong testimony about what God's done for you stay in your lane go talk to a lost person you know what I'm saying I don't need you I already work out with God how people are going to speak in my life and it, it, this ain't it and so people have to realize that there is a uh, reality there's a sanity and there's a nonsense somewhere and people who know their position know their ranking know their authority will stay in that position and not break rank they won't even have a thought to step out and do something that's you know above your pay grade you know what I'm saying as they say in the in the government and so you know your place your ability 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 
and you don't break rank. In uh, first, first Samuel, that's our scripture, uh, seventeen, verses thirty-eight and thirty-nine. You see an example, and David <coughs> had had always stayed in his place. And I think nothing is more evident than when Saul put his armor on him. You know, this speaks volumes as far as what what you as a person who's serving under somebody in authority versus stepping into that authority. David, it says here, when he was, they, they'd already settled he was going to go out and fight Goliath. And it says... Uh, uh, David begins to share his testimony which gets him in the door and his testimony is that of a warrior he identifies so closely with that he has no fear of this Philistine now number one if God did something for you one time he'll do it again so you must have relationship with God that settles that question there's so many people who think God is a one time blessing God and they're, they're getting the same boat that they were in the last time you notice David didn't worry that he had done something to cause the lion and the bear to come and try to steal the sheep and God what did I do wrong warriors don't have that mentality they pick up their weapons and they fight you got me and so in in those things you know better better gates better watching don't go to sleep all that gets settled after you get the lion and the bear out of the the uh, you know get the lamb out of their mouths and so David establishes through his testimony that he feels confident that God will be with him David said moreover in verse 37 the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine so he says God is no respecter of enemy I serve the same God this man's coming against us he says he's defying the armies of the living God and so that gets my God involved in fact anything I do gets my God involved and so he says he'll deliver me out he said in in Saul said to David go and God be with you you know he's just blessing him said get on out of here now you come back and tell me how it went but Saul did this in order to help him pacify him you know what I'm saying Saul armed David with his armor and he put a helmet of brass upon his head he also armed him with a coat of mail and David girded his sword on his armor and he attempted to go and he couldn't move now the bible says David's a kid about 17 they call him a stripling Saul's taller than anybody in the kingdom and so his armor is never going to fit him somebody else that's over you your their anointing does not fit you you understand what I'm saying you got to get your own you must have relationship with God enough to be outfitted and equipped with everything you need you cannot borrow off of somebody else's gift calling ability anointing you can't speak as though you are them kind of thing and get the same results and and people just don't understand this about God's preparation and his equipping for service and for ministry we all have garments that are tailor made to fit us you cannot borrow somebody else's authority you know all this remember the back in the day I got so and so's mantle and you know all of this borrowed stuff they don't fit you because they were tailor made your garment is cut from the cloth of your life much of it is the cloth of your personal life and it's the experiences that you have been through uh, the 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 experiences with God that he has helped you get victory your 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 abilities in his kingdom are tailor made based on the tapestry of your life not on somebody else's life now the anointing of God will do the same thing on everybody but it's not going to fit you the same way it fits somebody else you're not going to be able to speak into situations the same way say that I would I can speak to ministers 
I don't think you should in the same way. You understand me? Until you get in that rank where you can see eye to eye and shoulder to shoulder. And even there, I don't, I don't do anything unless God moves me. They come into the line. They have to submit themselves to that. You just don't grab and go telling people how to live their lives and all that kind of stuff. And so, these are things that you you see warriors especially respect this. You don't want to go out uh, with with an outfit that's too big for you, and it's going to be a drag on you when you try to start to fight the enemy. You try to use words that you've heard somebody you think is powerful use, or you try to use their uh, attitude about the enemy, and you haven't grown to that place where you really can laugh at the devil and mean it, and he backs up. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to respect that God has if you have relationship with God uh, uh, you he has uh, uh, armor cut from a cloth that fits you it's it's the armor of your life not the armor of somebody else's so Saul had this armor that was too big interesting to me it says that David says he says I can't go out with these I haven't proved them in other words I've never seen this stuff I've never tried it on I've never now David had been in Saul's court and he probably seen his armor many times. This is the first time he's ever tried to see if he fit into it. Now that is, is so respectful to me. Because thinking now David and Jonathan are friends. Playing around in the palace or whatever. Oh let me try my daddy's armor on. Oh no you try it on. You understand what I'm saying? He never touched it. He never touched it. And I think that speaks volumes about his level of respect for Saul. His level of respect for the anointing. You watch him and see if he doesn't carry that through every difficulty. I haven't stepped into this man's spot prematurely. Even though he was anointed to be king, he never stepped into that while Saul was still in his own armor and Saul was still alive. He was the only one who wore that armor and David didn't try to take that from him. And that's very important. If you're going to be a successful warrior, you have to know what you're called to fit into. You've got to know what's yours and you've got to know what belongs to the other guy. That doesn't fit you, it fits him. It's, it's, it's a thing of honor. You'll see it when in military, um, uh, um, funerals and tributes to military people the helmet and the boots are never worn again by another living human being they are they go with that soldier because they are him that is his identity as a warrior and you never take another's identity if you're going to be a successful warrior you just can't do it it won't fit you it won't work for you so David took off Saul's armor he was invited to put it on. He decided it didn't fit him. He didn't even try to get comfortable in it. And he took his staff in his hand, verse 40, and chose him something that a bare knuckle fighter can use. You got me? Something that a bare knuckle guy can use. Go get me some rocks. Go get me a slingshot. Let me go do my thing. Being led by God the whole time. And so God knows how to choose how you're going to fight. He knows how to choose the stand you're going to take. He knows how to choose all of those things. Because God will, will ordain these experiences for us. He sets us in places where he knows he needs a warrior. And he knows that we can do the job and we can get the victory. He ordains all of these things. So David goes out and he chooses five smooth stones from the brook. Put them in a shepherd's bag which he had even in a script and a sling was in his hand he drew near to the Philistine. And so that's what David did for his weapons of warfare. He didn't want, he wasn't concerned about protecting himself. That's the important part as well. God was his protection. God was his helper. He had no fear. Went out there in his normal clothes and did a little shepherd bag and little rocks. Probably he'd use that slingshot to chase lions and bears away. And I guess he said this is my stuff I use. So I'm going to take my stuff that I use. I'm not going to try and borrow something off of somebody in an office I have no kinship with. I have no understanding of. I have no ability to stand in that office and I'm not going to try to do it and so he he never coveted what Saul had and that's the other thing and as a true warrior you cannot 
aspect of it that will put you in the, the, the category of being a mercenary. You're in it for yourself. And not for the glory of God. And not to accomplish kingdom purposes. You're just there to. You're saying you're a warrior for God. But you're all time looking at what's in it for you. You got me? And so David was true to that. He knew that this was God's fight. He knew that he had to go in trusting God. And that was the most important thing to him. That he was not trusting in armor. He was not trusting in the armor bearer. He was not trusting in anything but trusting in God. So he knew his place, his ability, and he never broke rank. He never stepped out of where he was. He never tried to put the other soldiers down because they were fearful. This is very, very important. I've seen people start to understand spiritual things and the first thing they want to do is jump up and tell everybody else how stupid they were, how crazy they were, how, you know, not, this is not the way to do this. And you don't know what God gave them to fight with. You understand what I'm saying? That ain't your place to tell people that. I saw a lot of the, the uh, prophetic warfare that people started doing it got ridiculed by faith people you know and if you've got so much faith why aren't you out speaking to this this you know Ephesians 3:20 tells you can speak to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God how do you do that well they could never tell you because they were so busy confessing for a watch for 10 years or a pair of shoes for 8 years or I mean if that's your faith project and you feel your faith is built that way go for it. But there is a place for what those people are doing that you're making fun of now. You know sometimes if people can can study these things and if you have something that you can add to my efforts to go forward to keep me from making mistakes let us put that together as a body like we're supposed to and see where we can go with it but it never comes to that there's always the you know like the uh, prophets of uh, Elijah and Elisha you know the sons of the prophets that walked afar off and made fun that's that's how that thing operates they want to be prophetic but they're scared of it so they'd rather make fun of the people who are trying You know, Brother Hagen didn't didn't have that attitude about people at all. You know, I, I was talking to somebody who had gone to Rama, and they said, uh, "Yeah, when I went to Rama, uh, there was a, a group of people that went to a funeral home and and tried to raise somebody from the dead. You know, and weren't successful. And, and uh, you know, she said that was just the talk of the school and buzzing about it. And it got back to Pop Hagen." And he stood there and he said, yeah, I hear some people, students here went over to the funeral home and tried to raise somebody up. And everybody breaks out laughing. And he said, well, at least they're attempting to use their faith. They're attempting to use their faith. So it gets deathly quiet. They, I guess they thought he was going to make fun of them and be stupid just like they were. But, you know, that put a, a stop. That let people know how he felt about what they were doing. About what the whole situation had just put it all to rest. And from that day forward, they knew not to make fun of people who were out attempting to use their faith. So anyway, you know, if you can't help the situation, ridicule is not going to do anything. That's not a weapon that we use. Uh, again, we don't use any weapons against one another. So the other uh, point five is that you are of good courage. You are of good courage. If you are a, and good courage means that courage comes upon you over and over and over again. That's one of the things that I know I'd sometimes I forget to mention that part about good courage. But good courage is not a one-time courage. It comes upon you over and over again. And verses 23 to 27 we see that. And David had, uh, this is where David first comes up to the camp where his brothers are. And he's brought the food. Verse 23, as he talked with him, behold, there came up a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spoke according to the same words. And David heard them. This is him threatening. Send me a champion to fight with me. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, ran from him and were afraid. So here's David standing talking to a bunch of people. And 
Goliath comes digging. David's standing there by himself <laughs> with the giant. And he says, the men of Israel said, have you seen this? <laughs> have you seen this guy? you seen the size of this guy? Surely to defy Israel he's come up. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches. See, the more fear there is in a camp, the more reward there is for confronting the enemy. Got me? The stakes are very high when there's a lot of fear. Why? Because God is desperate to find somebody who's going to obey his word. And so he will pour out great blessing and great benefit Great courage, increased courage. You'll you'll be able to get out there and do it as a life's work. You won't be afraid of the enemy at any time. There's a blessing that comes on that more than takes uh, makes up for the quote unquote risk you're taking when you step out in faith in God. And so here David is getting all of these blessings heaped upon his life for his faith and courage in the in the face of all of this fear that is on everybody else lester summerall could go in any nation in the world god sent him to come back alive do the work god sent him to do plant the churches win the souls you know break the language barrier break the government's power to stop it all of that stuff he traveled around asia in countries like tibet and china for years nobody knew he was there a couple of faithful intercessors from time to time would would know that they were praying for him but other than that you know god raises up your help i mean you don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff he he always has help for you raise it up and, and do the right thing so here David is is having all of these things. He says he'll enrich him with great riches, great riches. Make his him uh, give him his daughter. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> she goes along with the package deal, okay? And uh, make his father's house free in Israel. Now the, the marrying into the family was just a security you know what I'm saying there's, there's more of a, <laughs> a security for the kingship etc etc David spoke to the men that stood by him saying what shall be done to the man that kills his filling and take away the reproach from Israel for who is this un-? see that's the thing that goes off in you when you see what the devil's doing to people that's your identity as a warrior that thing that goes off in you is who does the devil think he is who does he think he is taking this away who do these homosexuals think they are forcing holy men and women of god to perform their quote-unquote marriage there who do they think they are you got me and so that thing will go off in you you know the 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 fearful people are trying to calculate ways around it warriors confronted who do they think they are let them come and so he says to defy the armies of the living god your god is alive that's what makes you different from the buddhists from the the al-qaeda people from the isis and all of them your god is alive this isn't been being generated by human this isn't being fueled by human thoughts and human energy it's supernatural and you can depend on your god and the people answered uh, after him after this manner saying so shall it be with the man that kills him so all the stuff you know you're going to get it David it, whoever does this is going to get it now we don't know that David might not have been motivated by some of that it would motivate me you know what I'm saying I mean if you think about it I could go home and go back tending sheep or I could stay and take care of this what am I going to get if I, you know, I had to answer to my daddy when I get home. He's going to ask me, what do you, why'd you leave the sheep so long? You know, I mean, this is how this kid's probably thinking, you know, he's weighing. Mm-hmm. But when he looks at the, the nerve, see, he, his answer's made, you know, his answer's made. And so warriors spring into action when there's a threat to their kingdom when there's a threat to their leader when there's a threat to the their god when there's a threat to their kingdom they come in they spring into action when that threat arises <clears throat> so to be of good courage means that you are motivated by that inner charge 
that inner awakening of the warrior on the inside of you. He was not moved by the giant but he was motivated to some degree by his threats. You're motivated by the words of the enemy. You're motivated by the actions of the enemy. You are motivated to move and to spring into action by their activities and their words. In verse 33 we see and Saul said to David you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are but a youth. And he's been you know his armor is older than you are. You know what I'm saying? His, his sword's older than you are. He said, This man has been fighting since he was your age. And he's maybe twice your age now. And so, here, when you're of good courage, anything somebody tells you to discourage you from going forward, you don't even hear it. It doesn't matter. David just kept going forward. What what Saul told him to to and why why if you're the king and you're looking for somebody to fight why it's him? But but that's there there there. Saul is is protecting David or attempting to because he only knows him as the little boy that plays music for him you know if he knows him that well you know he's probably looking he's oh this is a kid that you know (laughs) he's a little soft not manly he's a musician for crying out loud you know he's got to protect his hands and you know all this you know what I'm saying come on now get with it folks get with it folks Come on now. You you look at people and you size them up by what you know about them. But the warrior thing had never been seen before. And so Saul had no knowledge of, of David in this respect. But he's going to know him. David told him his testimony about the lion and the bear. He says, David said to Saul, well, you know, that's probably true, but I kept my father's sheep. And a lion came and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I chased him. Because that was my lamb. That, and my daddy's going to come and he's going to ask me to give account. I can't go to sleep and let all these predators come here and kill all the flock off. So I'm going after that. Now many times shepherds would see uh, say a, a, an animal say a fox or a, a wolf or something running off with a, a little calf or something like that. These are huge animals. Now what he, they probably would do sometimes would throw rocks or slingshots at them and, and stun them and make them drop what they're carrying. And uh, that's as far as it went. If they stopped it and, and they dropped it they'd run out and, and retrieve the animal if it was still in good shape to you know might have been half chewed up or neck broken or something by the time they got to it but it doesn't seem like this was what happened this was supernatural from beginning to end David when he took his fist and killed these animals with his bare hands it looks like he pulled the prey out of their mouths intact so that was 100% supernatural from God see if it 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 comes flows out of a relationship with God of your expectation David probably expected all of his flocks to be blessed he was blessed that means that they're all good shape there's no broken nothing missing no blemishes no nothing they're perfect in every way they're all accounted for at all times and so if he had that type of relationship with God where he had that faith working for him you know the normal Israelite the obedient Israelite the one that that obeyed the law paid his tithes he expected good you see it on that people now I mean they expect good all the time they expect the best you know uh, Joan Rivers one of her her uh, one of her jokes is well my mother-in-law asked me what I'm making for dinner tonight I said reservations you know I mean come on. it's that's so throughout 
they're, they they expect the best from God, folks. You know, and and they're in a covenant that's just a shadow. You know what I'm saying? But culturally, they've carried that over, so that when the 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 obedient Jew had was keeping covenant with God, he expected rain to come on his crops. He expected crops to flourish. He expected all his cattle to be blessed, everything to be intact. And so David, from his relationship with God, expected that them those sheep were going to be there and nobody was going to take them nobody was going to take them and so when when he saw them being attacked and 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 devoured he just rose up in his warrior identity and went out and retrieved it with what he had it was was his bare hands that's what he used and so he was able to retrieve those animals and he says i caught the the lion by his beard and i hit him and and killed him and same thing with the 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 bear he said i went out after both of them so he's accustomed to chasing the enemy he's not satisfied to sit up and wait for him to threaten him and then come and get the advantage he's accustomed to going after the enemy and that's when you have a warrior spirit in you you go after these things you don't let them just you know i i look on facebook as some of the people if i read down and scroll down everybody's asking for prayer you know i stop and pray for those but i'm not going to compromise my relationship with god and say i'm praying for something you know and not pray it's just stupid you know it's just stupid it's a a lapse of of good judgment if you're not going to pray don't pray and don't tell them people you're going to pray but when you commit to pray for something you pray for it and you don't sit there oh this isn't important well you know somebody they got enough people praying they don't need you understand what i'm saying you take these things seriously and so that's the character david had when he see saw injustice the warrior in him rose up to fix it you know he knew god was with him and he knew god had something that he could do to fix it and so he says he said the your servant slew both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised philistine shall be as one of them that you get from god your strategy your expectation all of that you get from god so here david is is reflecting on his history with god but then he's also projecting into the future he's being prophetic here he's understanding that god is the same god he's no respecter of enemy he's no respecter of situations uh just because he's going to get filthy dirty nasty rich out of this situation doesn't mean god won't be with him you understand me it's going to work out to his personal good and god is going to be with him god, david sees god with him in everything in every battle in every peaceful situation and in everything and you have to see god with you in everything you can't be this kind of person that thinks well god is gonna he helped me with this but i'm not sure he helped me with that but i'm not sure well this has to do with me getting this that and that that i like and i'm not sure if god's going to help me you can't be like that you've got to know god you got to know him and so verse 37 David said moreover the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine the same God I'm being threatened same situation I don't see him as any different and so Saul blessed him (laughs) God be with you son be warm be filled be healed you know that kind of thing (laughs) david had total confidence in god when you're a good courage you have total confidence in god you don't fear for your life you're not afraid of men in war of war or their credentials good courage is not afraid of your enemy not afraid of what he can do not afraid of any risk good courage only believes god's word and it believes for a successful outcome obedience to god is so important for your your armor to be full and positioned israel had so many battles that they lost because of their lifestyle the way they lived their personal you know and joshua you know he did okay at jericho first battle everybody's careful he gets sloppy 
you know at AI and the people get turned around why because there's sin in the camp somebody there didn't have a right obedience toward God you got me and and these things are sometimes these things in us are attitudes sometimes attitudes of uh, fear and, and sometimes we're a little boastful and don't understand that that's the snag that causes us to get uh, overtaken by the enemy or, or your faith doesn't work to push him totally out of the situation the way you expect it to and so it's good to make sure that you stay filled with God's word you keep short accounts with God uh, warriors know how to do that they don't live in a realm where they're petty and they're vindictive and they're small and they're you understand what I'm saying that fleshy thing that will creep over in there to try to make you feel more powerful you got to resist that little thing that will come in there and, uh, and, and resist it in a great way you have to resist the flattery of people you know they'll try to butter you up and keep you on their side and all these different things well you know if God sent me to help you he sent me to help you and your flattery isn't going to cause me to waver one way or the other it's good to let people know you appreciate them and be respectful but don't think you're you know that thing thing works and so uh, the enemy can use that to get you to let that be your reward instead of what you're going after to be your reward and so you have to stay focused in these things folks so good courage has confidence in God is not afraid of men of war or their credentials or their threats is it moved by the the size of the enemy? Good courage just sees God. You keep focused on God and where you're going and that you're going to get there. And so that's that's how that works. In verse 48 you see another example I had here and it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David. David got in a hurry and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine so instead of David waiting for the enemy to draw first blood what does he do because first blood might be last blood baby you you don't know if you're going to get up from that and so he runs to meet him to get a running start and an advantage in the war that was the last thing Goliath expected was for somebody to come at him and chase him he thought he was just going to stand over him beat him to death cut his head off and all that stuff he promised to do so to run toward the enemy and not away is faith we take the fight to them and don't wait for him to strike don't wait for him to strike you take it to him so in other words when you see the devil coming against your finances you begin to prophesy over your finances you begin to to think of ways that you can stop spending so much be a, you know you, you know he's trying to steal don't help him by being a spendthrift or squandering or any of that kind of stuff learn how to to set aside so that you can have some stored up and saved up learn how to be a good manager of those things and, and get the jump on the enemy so you know you there there's seasons where you might have to spend more of necessity you might have to come you know I mean necessary things not fun things and frivolous things but the necessary things and so learn how to separate the necessary from the unnecessary you know necessary things that you need for for uh, to regulate your life you know nowadays everybody needs to have some kind of electronic device to contact people to keep your job to uh, keep in touch with people very important things uh, you need it in your work oftentimes you, you know you're aided by these things so that used to fall into the category of amusements now it's necessary the world's changed and so we we take take advantage of that and we make sure that those things are taken care of you know uh, used to be you you get somebody give you their cell number and they you call it a year later it doesn't work anymore you know everybody phone got disconnected the bill got too large and all this and people still do it but you know it's if you're a good steward you make it manageable you begin to manage your life see that is another bill you got to pay that's necessary because you use a stuff you know and that kind of thing and put the unnecessaries on the back burner let that be a reward when you've accomplished everything else you need to do with your money or just don't use it at all save it and you'll be able to get 
a little bit more secure in life. You know, these, these things are necessary to do. You know, very, very necessary to do. And so uh, that's one way you fight back against the devil. You strategize against him and you carry out the discipline that it takes to do these things. So uh, the other thing that when you're of good courage, you're not afraid to get a strategy from God. You're not afraid to ask him to help you. What do I do, God? How do I go about doing this? Verses uh, 40. We'll see that. He took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones. That was his strategy from God. David didn't just do that. That was what God led him to do. God said, just take what you usually have. You know, you don't need anything special for him. Everybody's scared of him, but he'll fall just like the rest of them. And and David understood that. 45 through 48, it says, And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Now he got this from God. When Saul's armor didn't fit, and he knew he wasn't going to be armed and covered with it. He said, well, I'll just go as I am, but I'm going in God's authority. You know, that's all I need. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and are safe. And so J- David knew how to call on his God. All you need to do is call on him. We do more calling other people for help. And call and talking to ourselves and try to figure out things. And we need to get God involved from the very beginning. You need to, to include him 100% all the time, every day. Every single day. And in every turn and every decision you have to make. So it says here, he says, but I come in the name of the Lord uh, of uh, hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So you, you're not just talking to people here. You're defying God when you defy his servant, when you defy his people. God has a plan for this whole nation and you're trying to interrupt that plan and God's not going to let you do that. God has a plan for people to be saved, to be healed, to be set free, to be able to worship him and enjoy him without threats and interference. Those who threaten and interfere will meet the same fate as those who have always done it. Don't think that there won't come a day when people who are challenging the authority of God's servants now won't bow and have to quit. Because it's coming. As surely as we stand here and God is in heaven, it is coming. You understand me? And it ain't going to be nice. God's being merciful to people now. Withholding. But see, all he needs is like one Franklin Graham. Learns how to think, pray, hear from God, get up, know when to speak, what to say, when to cut it off, shut up. You understand what I'm saying? Who's not dependent on the media for his popularity. One of them kind of people. Just one. Just one. That's all. So David chose his weapons. And he says, verse 47, all this assembly shall know that the Lord. Now see, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here's an army of scared men. What do they need? They need good courage. David's not the king. He's not the leader. But he knows God's going to show them something today. God's going to show them who he is. They all need to know God. This is the, the underlying thing. In anything we do, it's so that people who are observing and people who are watching will be able to know God. Not some religious, fictitious thing that they see played out on the screen, but they need to know the one true and living God. They don't need to know more preachers of L.A., preachers of Detroit, fix my choir, fix my armor bearer they don't need to know any of that nonsense they need to know the true and living God and God raises up people you know just talking this is what God's doing and you know keep going so there's an example out there that people can know where God is and what he will do and so he says all this assembly everybody here the enemies and the Israelites are going to know that there is a God that saves not with a sword and a spear for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David. David hasted. David was not afraid to speak back to the enemy. That's good courage. 
Many people will go away and try to pacify the enemy and you know fight another day. And it never comes. You need to fight today. You may never get another day to do this. You understand what I'm saying? You won't get another day to speak into that atmosphere when you know the enemy's trying to surround you with fear. And he's trying to surround people with unbelief. And everybody's believing the wrong thing. Uh, You've got to speak into that. You won't get a second chance sometimes. So, uh, So you get a strategy from God. That's the other thing. We we did good courage. Is that not right? We just did a strategy for, from God. David's strategy was to just be himself. Come as he was. Don't try to pretty things up. Don't try to get all armored down and uh, do what somebody else does. And use their way of speaking and their way of doing things and all that kind of stuff. Just be yourself. God chose five smooth stones to kill the giant with. Not jagged stones, smooth ones. Pebbles out of the, that have been worn and worn down. Natural stones are always indicative of God's hand on something. Remember in Egypt, they built the pyramids. How did they do it? Those were man made bricks. When God would build, he'd say, Go get me some stones. Give me some stones out of the river. Go to the river bank. You'll find some stones there. Set up a memorial to me. He says it's me all the way. I don't need you to make nothing for me. I can do this myself. So natural stone is always indicative of the will of God. The plan of God. And God's hand on something. Yeah. Number six. People in charge want to know you. They definitely want to know who you are. When that warrior spirit is upon you. And they need a warrior. Verse 31 says when the words were heard which David spake they rehearsed them before Saul. And he sent for him. David saying <clears throat> when he turned around and, and talked to the people. And he said who is this uncircumcised circumcised Philistine. That's all he said. And those words were carried. They were heard by the people standing around. And they were carried back to the person in authority. They were carried to the king. Uh, you don't need a PR agent. You don't need a, you know all this kind of stuff for people. Important people to know who you are. The ones that God wants you to know you will know you. Amen. And so it was just David's time to be known by Saul. And so uh, Saul sent for him. He stood before Saul. Saul tried to help him with his own armor. But David chose his own way. He just told Saul what God had told him. This, this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be like everybody else that, that's tried to defy God's people. Try to defy God. So, and, and David knew that God would defend him. Warriors know that. They, you can't get in the fight and be thinking, oh, well, what if this, or what if that, or what if, what if, the what if, what if, what if. Uh, suppose so-and-so doesn't happen. Suppose, uh, you just need to get back in the word some and get yourself steadied so you get yourself built up so you are convinced. Warriors are convinced that God is with them, that he will fight for them, that he will he'll give them a strategy. They stay in constant contact with God. They don't have secondhand relationship. They have up close and personal relationship with God. Got me? There's some things that you just have to do. And you got to do this. And, and God will be with you. He'll help you get through it. So people in charge will want to know you when you're a warrior. People, you know, people always will, will sense that about you. They may not come to you to know you, but they'll want to. <laughs> you know, they keep you like in that file in the back pocket. Somebody I can go to when things get really, really bad. I had a girlfriend some years ago. Uh, sent she would send people to our meetings all the time. I see her now on Facebook. She's in some seminary somewhere, getting papers and degrees. But she knows where to send people when you need. <laughs> you really need something from God, you know. It's just amazing how people's lives can be so compartmentalized like that. That that they somehow get in their minds that that's not for them to do, but they know it's valuable, and but they'll go do something else. Else and you know what I'm saying, but that's the way people are. But but people will want to know you when you when you are a warrior for God. He says in verse 26, "Who is this uncircumcised Philistine?" That's all he ever said. 
challenged the authority of the enemy with his words. So when that goes forth and it goes forth in faith and in power it's picked up by people who need to know. You understand me? People know who you are spiritually speaking they'll find you God has a pipeline to you you don't have to advertise yourself you know I mean you you let people know where your meetings are where your church is and all that but you don't have to try and run after the right group of people the right organization the right bishops and the right you know all that kind of stuff to be known you warriors could care less about that stuff you know this is just really true uh, number seven you bring reassurance to leadership you're not a threat to them a true warrior with a warrior's heart that understands uh, warriors fight for others they're not I mean they they know how to keep themselves intact but their heart really is to let other people come into that that umbrella of safety to come under that covering of God so that their lives work right they have peace all of that kind of stuff they 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 are big on wanting to see that accomplished they don't assert themselves against the leader even when Saul tried to kill David many many times David refused to put his hand against Saul you know he ran from him he ran from him and so it, it just was he was just preserving his life because he knew that at some point God would settle that whole thing and if he could live righteously before God he'd win so you run from the enemy you don't raise your hand against the anointed of God you just keep going your way and let them go their way uh, number eight you finish the job David was a finisher warriors want to finish things Uh, some of our soldiers have been very frustrated because of the outcome in the Middle East because they feel they were never allowed to finish what they set out to start got me withdrawn too quickly and they want they want to see some fruit they want to see good fruit they've sown into that they they should be partakers of the first fruit of that they should be able to see with their eyes good things come and stay in that region and so it's it's been kind of a discouragement to them in many many ways so um, in verse 51 we see that he says um, verse 50 David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone he killed the Philistine and there was no sword in the hand of David therefore David ran stood upon the Philistine took his sword drew it out of his sheath he, he killed him with his own sword cut off his head when the Philistines saw their champion was dead they ran so there was fear there Goliath is more or less a, a, a representation of how the enemy operates he is hiding how he really feels by inflated words inflated threats all of that that's how he operates against people he just speaks and threatens and blows himself up like he's a big menace but down at the bottom they will if you resist the devil the bible says he'll flee from you so it's no no surprise that after their champion was killed they all ran and they all left one of the reasons they left is that they they have been vowed to be slaves to Israel they don't want that either they don't keep their word <laughs> like the devil's people do they never keep their word so David ran stood on him took it cut off his head and the Philistines saw their champion was dead they fled and the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted pursued the Philistines now they've all of a sudden got all kind of courage and that's good until you come to the valley and the uh, gates of Ekron and they, they wounded the Philistines uh, and they fell and the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they spoiled their tents so that's the best part getting revenge on the devil and taking back everything he's stolen and David took the head of the Philistine brought it to Jerusalem and put his armor in his tent and when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine he said to Abner uh who is this kid uh, David's been in the palace with them even even you know it's like all of his servants you know he just David just blends in with the rest of Saul's servants until the warrior comes alive in him a warrior will cause you to be noticed even by people in authority who think you don't count 
They thought you didn't count before, but now all of a sudden they want to know who you are. And so he says, Saul said, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, verse 51, 54. I'm sorry, 55. And then Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine. He asked him who he was. And Abner said, As your soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire as to he really wants to know who David is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. It's all in the day's work. <laughs> this is what I have. I had a, a, I think it was girlfriend, a dog. She would go out and sometimes get wrestling with little animals and stuff. And she'd bring it. A, I said, what is that? A dead rat she found out in the yard. And just plop them right in front of you like look what I did I like, ah. <laughs> but anyway he brings him in there and Saul said to him who are whose son are you and David said I am the son of your servant Jesse the Bethlehemite Amen. and so the warrior has all of these characteristics about them you should study them because they are for you it's not don't study them and feel bad about what you don't do you know we'll study them and understand what what's there for you i think the um, important thing for us in this hour is warriors finishing the job we are in a finishing mode in the body of christ i know i am i'm i'm sensing that god is going to pour out more of his spirit because there's such a hunger for it people are sick of sitting up watching christian television not participating in anything because they don't feel equipped to do anything god is going to equip us but first he got to work on us this came to me very very clearly uh that we are no no <laughs> everybody's been looking at the treadmill you know if your treadmill has become the hanger for your clothing there's an indication you got me even your spa membership you know we say well i'm going to join the spa that way i'll be motivated yeah you'd never go and so god has to make us ready you know the bride makes herself ready by waiting on the groom and being in the presence of the groom and allowing him submitting to whatever god tells you got to submit to in order for him to outfit you heal you make you whole do whatever it is that he needs to do we've got to be submitted to that we can't fight it anymore we can't make up our false stuff anymore it's got to be 100 percent god or not at all and so but he's ready for these things to impart to us and to uh, dignify us to clothe us with uh, his majesty and his power his authority his ability anointings everything that we need uh, to go out and grab you know the the ones that he wants to bring in so it's going to be a glorious day folks it's worth waiting for and it's worth believing god for and hopefully for each individual worth paying the price for amen all right lord we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to see you and your word one more time and we thank you and we bless you for it in jesus name amen praise god miss marcia why